Well, we're thinking this evening about together prayer, and uh, we're going to learn from God's Word together, and we're also going to pray together, because I'm, I'm sure one of the best ways of learning to pray is by actually doing it. So we're going to uh, uh, do both those things this evening. We're going to learn, uh, and we're going to learn by doing it as well. Now, um, when our family gets together, one of the things we love to do is to spend some time eating together, because around a meal table we can uh, talk with each other. So uh, last Sunday, or over this last weekend, it was in between uh, uh, two birthdays, and uh, Cat and Sam turned up on the Friday unexpectedly, and then Chris and Sarah and Isabel were here on uh, Sunday, and we enjoyed roast lunch together. Uh, and if, uh, you know, when the boys are back from uni and so on, then we, uh, we love to go out for a breakfast and uh, go out to Bill's and Lewis very often. Well, not very often, but when we do, that's somewhere we tend to go. Or, uh, or even better is if we're up in Nottingham and Sheffield, um, places to eat about half the price up there, so we can uh, go out to other things up there as well. Uh, if you get a bunch of people from, um, uh, say, from university together, uh, then uh, and meeting up, having a reunion or something, then they're going to end up doing stuff that they, uh, they like to do, uh, perhaps the stuff they did at university, so um, drinking coffee at a favourite coffee shop or uh, going out to a park and playing frisbee or whatever it would be. And uh, if you get war vets together, then uh, they're going to do things like they're going to talk about their past experiences and maybe their comrades. You get um, uh, maybe a school reunion and there you're going to get people talking about teachers and subjects and what people are doing now and all the rest of it. Now, when Christians get together, a natural, normal thing that they will want to do and that, and that we do uh, together is that we're going to want to pray. It's the most natural and obvious thing to do to talk to the one who we're here because of, to talk to the one who has brought us all to new life, uh, talk to the one uh, who we love and who is here with us. And uh, uh, so whether we're meeting for coffee, maybe someone come around to your place for coffee, or whether we're in a group like a small group, or whether we're, uh, we're uh, in church, it is a natural thing to do, and you'd think we'd all want to do it, just naturally be okay with it. Um, but, uh, uh, and yet, curiously, it is, uh, it is something that we find quite difficult, isn't it? That this praying together, this together prayer. Um, and, uh, uh, and I just wonder why that is. Well, I guess it's a combination of things. So on the one hand, for instance, um, maybe um, we, don't, we don't find it easy to pray together because naturally just because we're shy people and uh, we'd hate speaking in front of, a, of a, a group of people even this size, for instance. Um, maybe we don't uh, find it easy because uh, actually we don't pray. So if you don't pray on your own, then you're very unlikely to be wanting to pray and to be finding it easy to pray when you're with other people. And, uh, or maybe it, we just feel, well, I really wouldn't know what to say, or I don't know the vocabulary, or um, quite likely, I know for some it's very difficult because they just don't want to look a fool in other people. Other people say, well, I wouldn't know how to end it. You know, I mean, what do you say at the end, apart from amen? Because all sorts of people have things like, in Jesus' name, or for your name's sake, or something, and I, I don't know those sorts of things. And then again, there's also, because this is one of the great things that Christians, a great gift that Christians have in terms of being able to pray together, to speak to our Heavenly Father together, it is going to be one of those areas where the devil actually loves to hinder it, loves to spoil it, where he would love to do everything he can to, uh, to take that away. 
uh, and to, uh, to make it something which we don't appreciate and we don't enjoy and we don't, uh, we don't benefit from. Um, and there's a whole shed load of reasons, therefore, why uh, we find it difficult to pray uh, with other Christians. Um, now, I hope this evening will go a little way just to helping us want to pray. Uh, that, that it'll go a little way to help us to want to pray with other Christians. And I also hope it'll make us or help us in terms of being more confident in doing that. Um, and I, I hope it would uh, encourage us to get along regularly, to keep on getting along to small groups together or whatever it might be called in the future. So we're going to have some input from me. We're going to have a go at praying later on. Uh, we'll be done by um, nine o'clock. That's the, uh, um, that's the theory. Um, but we also want to do, because, I mean, I've mentioned, here we are. So we're thinking this evening about, um, whew, what's this going to say? Here we are. Uh, we're learning about uh, uh, praying together. And it seems to me it's a bit like swimming, okay? Especially learning to swim if you're that bit older. Um, now, it seems to me that no one ever learned to swim just by hearing talks about swimming. You've actually got to get in the water and get wet. You've got to have a go. And when you learn to swim as an adult, um, I guess you could feel rather embarrassed, wouldn't you? You know, you go down to the pool and everyone else is having a great time and you, you're kind of quivering slightly and uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Will you just sink like a stone and all the rest of it? And I think it's the same when we're learning to pray with other people. You could feel a bit embarrassed, but actually we want to say, look, we're all in the pool together. We're here amongst friends. Uh, the doors are, um, are shut. We're all learning to pray together. We're, in, we're at the same level. And uh, what we're going to do this evening, uh, in a moment, we're going to get to the book of Acts. We're going to go somewhere else first. But we're going to go to the book of Acts and see how the very early church prayed together. We're going to see what we can learn from them. Now, um, they, didn't t- they didn't just talk loads about it. It seems to me, I haven't yet found a talk about praying together in the book of Acts. It just seemed to me that they, get, they got together and they just had a go. A bit like uh, learning on the job, a bit like being an apprentice. And, uh, uh, and we're going to see that Christians meet together, that when they meet together, they want to pray together. It's a bit like your heartbeat. It's what, there's a heartbeat of the church. In fact, it seems to me that if you want to know what a church is like, there are two places you can look to find out. And it's not church on Sunday, that would be a third. But these two, at first you look at the loos to see what they're like. They're okay up the road, aren't they? They're pretty good up the road. They're rubbish here, which is why we're going to be praying a little bit later on. One of the things we'll be praying for is for uh, making the church all great again. Uh, but also, I think, one, uh, uh, perhaps the best way of finding out what a church is like is if, if they've if they got a prayer meeting. And if they've got a prayer meeting, what it's like. If the church doesn't have a midweek prayer meeting of any sort, if they don't get together to pray about anything at any time during the week, that actually tells you quite a lot about the church. And if they do have a meeting where they get together to pray, maybe just generally or specifically or in small groups, whatever it is, you can learn a lot about the church from the people who are there, from the age of the people who are there, from their background, from the things you pray for, by the passion with which people pray, and so on. You can learn an awful lot about the church like that. So Christian people pray together, uh, and uh, it tells us a lot about the church. Um, this is a, apparently a true story. There were five young college, this is from the 19th century, okay? Five young college students uh, were spending a Sunday in London and they wanted to hear C.H. Uh, Spurgeon preach. So they went along to the Metropolitan Tabernacle where uh, uh, he was the minister and they arrived rather early and they were, the doors hadn't opened yet so they were waiting outside on, on the doorstep 
and uh, they were greeted uh, by a man who, uh, who said to them, Look, gentlemen, um, let me show you around. Perhaps uh, we could begin by, uh, by me showing you the heating plant. Now, it was July, so they couldn't really understand why that this, uh, this gentleman would really want to uh, uh, show them about uh, the heating plant. To be honest, they weren't that interested in the heating plant. But uh, anyway, they didn't want to offend him. He was kindly giving them a tour. So, uh, so they agreed. They went down the staircase, down to the basement. And then uh, the guy who had met them, he just quietly opened the door to the basement room. And it was a big hall, much bigger than this. And in that hall, it was before the service began, and there were probably up to 700, 700 people praying for the service that day. And, uh, uh, and then he, uh, uh, he whispered, uh, this is our heating plant. And there they were, praying. And then a guy, he just quietly closed the door and he introduced himself and he said, uh, my name is C.H. Spurgeon, I'm the minister here. Delighted that you're here for church today. And, uh, 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 but see, uh, I'm sure part of the power of his preaching and the ministry of the Metropolitan Tabernacle in those days was through the number of people who were there praying for the services and the ministry of the word Sunday by Sunday. We pray before our services in the uh, vestry before the morning service at 9.30, in the chapel before the evening service at 6. Those meetings, I want to say that we want to make them open to everyone. Wouldn't it be brilliant if we had 30 or 40 people meeting at 9.30 and at 6 to pray for our services? So we had to find another room to go to. At the moment, sometimes the vestry gets a bit full, which is great. But if you're free then, if you can come and pray for our services, 9.30 in the vestry, 6 o'clock in the chapel, do come along uh, and pray. So, um, the first thing I want to say, I want to say three things, and um, there's Mr. Swimmer, and the first thing I want to say is this, together prayer expresses our humble dependence on God. John Stott uh, said this, prayer is the very way God himself has chosen for us to express our conscious need of him and our humble dependence on him. Now, soon after Johnny and Ben were born, uh, they, uh, they both caught meningitis. And we lived in Bishop Sitchington, which is uh, a lovely village. Um, at least it sounds lovely. It's actually built around an old cement works up in Warwickshire. And, uh, uh, and uh, as Johnny and Ben weren't very well in the hospital, um, our church in Bishop Sitchington uh, met to pray. And apparently lots of people came out of the woodwork. People wouldn't normally come together to pray, but they got together and they, and they prayed. And because we were about to go off to Lowestoft, where I was going to go and be a vicar over there, um, uh, the church over there, they all said, well, we're going to pray as well. And apparently there were loads of people over there praying and, uh, and getting together. Uh, and all sorts of people there who didn't normally come out to pray decide they want to pray as well. And, and it was really encouraging for us to know that that was happening. Um, and as someone says, uh, when there's a heavy load to be lifted, God uses a strong rope made of many strands. A strong rope made of many strands. And that's a picture, isn't it, of God's people, many strands, joining together to pray. Christians facing crisis, meeting together to pray for one another. Now, just before um, we get to the book of Acts, let me, um, uh, as we're thinking about our humble dependence on him, let me just, uh, let's look at the Lord's Prayer here. That's the one we say uh, Sunday by Sunday. And have you ever noticed the, uh, the corporate nature of the Lord's Prayer? Now, we know that on the one hand, it's uh, the Lord's Prayer, we're told that it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pattern for our prayers. 
On the other hand, in Luke's Gospel, it's also, uh, uh, this, is, this is a prayer that we can say together. And uh, just striking, isn't it? It's our Father, and not my Father in Heaven, it's our Father in Heaven. It's a corporate thing, and it carries on. So, um, uh, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give, not me, but us today our daily bread. Forgive, not just me, but us our sins, as I know, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead, not just me, don't lead me into temptation, but lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's quite striking, isn't it? Of course, it's meant to be prayed together, but the Lord's Prayer itself, as a pattern and as a prayer, is a prayer which is a together prayer, as well as just an individual prayer and a pattern for our praying. Why don't we pray that together right now? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. So we're thinking about a together prayer, which expresses our humble dependence on God. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. And uh, what has happened here? Uh, Judas, uh, oh, no, sorry, wrong one. Um, we're thinking about just after the ascension. And in verse 14, uh, they all join together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. It's just after the ascension. They've uh, returned back into Jerusalem. They go to the upper room where they're staying, verse 13. There's a list of who's there, and then they pray. And it's all of them. So, it's not that someone's over there in the corner checking his mobile. It's not that someone's uh, here making the coffee. It's not that someone got held up and so on. But they're there. And it says, in verse 14, they ought to get joined together constantly. It was the lifeblood of what they were doing as God's people there. And it was obvious and a natural thing to do. I'm sure they were thinking that uh, we're Christians. Jesus is alive. He's returned to heaven the first thing we're going to do, we're going to get together and we're going to pray. Why would we not pray? And I'd love to have been there, just to hear, to have joined in with them and to hear what was going on. Um, I, I just wondered whether they all prayed all at the same time, whether it was just a big gaggle or whether they were terribly ordered about it and prayed one after the other, who knows. Um, the significant thing is that they were there and they prayed. They all joined together constantly in prayer and, uh, and it wasn't just the apostles. You might have thought, well, it's just the big up front people are going to do it. But no, it says everyone. It says, along with the women and Jesus' mum, Mary, and with his brothers. They were all there. You don't have to have a dog collar on in order to pray, which reminded me of a story. Uh, that's Chapo, John Chapman. He died a few, few years back, an Aussie evangelist. Um, there's a lovely story about him. He was, came out of his office in the middle of Sydney. He was wearing his dog collar. Uh, I've never seen him wear a dog collar, but he was then. And, uh, and there was a homeless guy on the street, and Chapo walked past. The guy said, uh, say one for me, Father. To which Chapo replied, say one for yourself, you lazy toad. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he could get away with that, because uh, he, he would have smiled and so on, all the rest of it. The theological point is right. 
we can all pray. You don't have to be a vicar, you don't have to wear a dog collar, you don't have to be an apostle, you don't have to be a man. Uh, Any of us, all of us, can lead in prayer and pray and join in in corporate prayer. Okay? Now, there are more specific examples which uh, follow on in Acts and uh, where their prayers express a serious dependence on God. So, uh, just a reminder, together prayer expresses our humble dependence on God. So, uh, uh, chapter 1, still in chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, um, the, the, uh, 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 the situation is uh, um, uh, there. In verse, they've got uh, Barsabbas, they've nominated two men to replace uh, um, Judas, and you've got uh, Joseph, called Barsabbas, and Matthias, and then it says in verse 24, Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart, show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. They, were, they needed God's help to, to make this right decision. In the end of verse 26, they're casting lots and God overruled that. Um, uh, I heard someone just say recently, um, when you, you depend on the organisation, you get what the organisation can do for you. When you're depending on education, you, you get what education can do for you. I guess you can take it on. When you, when you depend on the NHS, you get what the NHS can do for you and so on. But when you depend on God and you express that in your prayers, then you get what God can do for you, which is far greater and far more exciting than anyone or anything or any organisation could do. And uh, this carries on. This is this humble dependence on God, saying, God, we can't, but we know you can. So, for instance, in Acts chapter 12, we're on to Acts chapter 12. Situation, verse 5. Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And uh, uh, there's, a, there's a difficulty. They're depending on God. They, they, can't do any, they, they, they can't go and get them out of prison, but they're praying to God. We don't know the, the exact content of their prayer, but the church, God's people, are together praying. That's God's secret weapon. And you can read what happens in verses 6 to 11 there. There's an angel, Peter is released, and uh, then he goes to Mary's house, and in verse 12, uh, he's uh, uh, there. There are many people were had gathered, they were praying there. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and the servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognised Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's, uh, Peter's at the door. So he's outside, they're probably looking for him all over the town. He's locked out, he can't get in and she's just rushed up to tell them and they say, you're out of your mind. Peter's in prison, we're praying for him. That's why, you know, he's there, we're here, we're praying, he can't be at the door. And it's just, uh, it's a comic sort of situation, isn't it? And many people are praying, they were gathered there, it was a hopeless situation, and God answered miraculously. But the thing is, you see, in their prayers, they were expressing their humble dependence on God. It's a great way to remind ourselves uh, and to express this as we pray together. Second thing is that together prayer requires deliberate effort. Together prayer requires deliberate effort. Effort. Now, um, uh, in chapter 14, for instance, uh, and verse 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church. They're on their way back to Jerusalem. They're going to various places. They're appointing elders. And they do it with prayer and fasting, committing them to the Lord in whom they put their trust. 
prayer and fasting, the deliberate effort and the hardship, if you look at verse 22 as well there, uh, of what it means to be a Christian. The fasting and the praying for the commissioning of the new elders. Uh, just going back to chapter 12, verse 5, it, Peter was in prison, but the church were praying to God earnestly for him. So it wasn't that, well, Lord, pray that Peter will be okay, amen, let's go and have some coffee. No. Uh, and it wasn't that some were turning out. The whole church were there praying for him. And the impression isn't just one prayer, they're carrying on doing it. It's an ongoing activity. Um, uh, you know, it was, it was they're in a hopeless situation. Peter was in a hopeless situation. But they were praying. It's all they could do. But they were serious about it. They were committed to it. And there's another, uh, in Acts, it was back to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Very well-known verse uh, about the uh, things that the early church were committed to. It says they devoted themselves. That means hard work. That means commitment. That means priorities. They devoted themselves to four things. The apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. That's what they devoted themselves to. It starts with the apostles' teaching. It ends with the prayers. Um, and uh, without those four things, the church would never, never function as it was meant to function. And there they were, committed uh, to these things. And with together prayer, um, uh, the church will function as it is meant to do, with this together prayer and the apostles' teaching and meeting together in fellowship and uh, uh, remembering Jesus' death for us in that way. And then, uh, you remember chapter 1, verse 14, it talks there about constantly. The theme is coming out there, isn't it? That is, that actually, if we're going to be effective... Uh, with together prayer, it means deliberate efforts. It's not just going to happen, okay? It means deliberate efforts. It's going to impact our time. It's going to impact our priorities. It's going to impact our choices. It's going to mean persistence and perseverance. Because there is erosion. There is erosion. I was meeting every, every so often um, uh, uh, four or five of the leaders of the larger churches, uh, Anglican churches in Sussex, meet together. And uh, we were talking about our, our prayer meetings. And uh, we we're all saying the numbers go up and down. You give it a boost, it goes up, and then it just gradually drifts down again and so on. And uh, 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 because there is this erosion. And the erosion is from a number of sources. But we need to understand that the devil will want to do all that he can to stop us praying. And he wants to do all he can to stop us praying together. And, uh, there's a, and the common technique in this erosion is it's just drift. It's not, it's not going to be suddenly everyone's just going to pack up, but there will be a drift away from it. And so we need to have this deliberate effort in order to continue to meet together because of this erosion. I mean, it needs to be a priority. If we're leaders, it needs to be a priority. Uh, for those who are uh, going to be um, standing for election to the PCC, I want to say, are you a praying person? Will you make this a priority in your life? And it's hard work, isn't it? To say, well, I will be here. So I will put the dates, for instance, for every small group together, for instance, for the rest of the year in my diary, and nothing else is going to uh, get in the way of those things. There are plenty of competing, competing demands for our time, but what's more important, honestly? Together prayer requires deliberate effort. Uh, as someone has said, should be here? Without, actually his name is Tony H-S-I-E-H. If you can help me pronounce that, I'll be delighted. But uh, uh, I'm not sure he's a Christian, but actually um, uh, I think that's a good little saying. Without conscious and deliberate effort, 
inertia always wins. And I'm sure that's true for, uh, for together prayer. Without conscious and deliberate effort, inertia always wins. Always wins. So let's uh, make that commitment. And then the third thing. Together prayers empowers ongoing bold proclamation. And uh, uh, so, for instance, in, uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 4, and uh, verses 23 to 31 say, the believers are praying there. Peter and John uh, went back to their, uh, their own people, reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them, and when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And this is kind of like a summary of what they said here. And uh, uh, so, for instance, they remind themselves who God is, in verse 24, they remind... Uh, themselves what God has done in verse 25. They remind God what he said uh, in verses 25 to 26. They remind the Lord what had happened to, Je- to Jesus. And then you see at the end there, verses 29, and 30, uh, 29 to 30 are extraordinary. Extraordinary for what they don't ask for. They don't ask for protection. You think, you know, after all that happened, you think that they would be wanting to ask for protection. But they don't ask for that. But what they do ask for is verse 29. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And the result, verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You see, together prayer and the, the, the speaking of the word of God go together. They kind of egg each other on, if you like. It happens in other ways too. So, for instance, there's the uh, uh, commissioning of new elders, uh, church leaders, to uh, spread the gospel. You see that in Acts chapter 6, verse 6, and 13, verse 3, for instance. And then, uh, if you just go on to Acts chapter 20, we can see there the Paul's um, farewell, what's known as the title heading there uh, above verse 19, is Paul's farewell to Ephesian elders. Now, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but if you look at verse 20... He says, he just says, look, you know, you know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've taught you publicly and from house to house. So in meetings and also in people's homes. Uh, And then at the end, when Paul had finished speaking, verse 36, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. And I'm sure he was praying, having told them what his ministry was like, and the fact that he was now leaving, he's handing on the baton, and part of that prayer would have been, I'm certain, that they would actually continue that evangelistic work. We've got to meet together to pray. It's a fundamental thing, and it encourages our outreach. 75 minutes a month. 60 minutes if you come at lunchtime. It's not a big ask, but it really wouldn't be wonderful. It could be a real priority. Um, but they get eroded, don't they? We know from our experience they get eroded. Um, maybe they get eroded because, well, actually not as many people used to come as, they, uh, as you know, was once the case and uh, maybe it's not quite so important after all. Um, uh, or maybe people think, well, they're a bit boring and therefore we need to lead them better. Um, or maybe people think, well, it's a bit embarrassing because, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure about this really. Uh, or maybe because uh, they're a bit inward-looking and, uh, uh, and there are other temptations coming the way and so on. Maybe there's too much time talking and not enough time praying and so on. Well, we want to make small groups together a top priority. Um, 
but uh, I, th- there will probably be times when they feel a real drag and we have to drag ourselves out to get along. Uh, there will be other times when it's easy, you're, you're bubbling and you really want to be there and you want to take your friends along and so on. But you see, the hard times are the important times. It's when it's a struggle. That's, you know, when you feel it's the last thing on earth I feel like doing to, to get down to small groups together. When that little voice behind you just saying, it's not that important, you know, whatever's on the telly tonight. England, Germany, is it tonight? Yeah? You know, I mean, you'll be around, watch that, it'll be fine. And uh, give it a miss this month. No, come and pray. Um, might feel a bit awkward to pray out loud, but do you realise, when you say Amen, at the end of someone else's prayer, you are praying out loud, okay? So I think one of the big things, when, it was when we prayed together, is everyone to say Amen loudly. And it just encourages other people, but we'll come to that in just a moment. And, uh, and then we've just got to be ourselves. Spurgeon said this once, the most heavenly music in the place of prayer is played in the key of be natural. Be yourself. Oh, well, another thing, don't feel you have to pray long prayers. In fact, I think very often long prayers just kill off prayer meetings. Let's keep them short, uh, but let's make them a priority. Um, as a staff, we need to make sure they're an absolute priority and, uh, and, uh, and to do what we, all that we can to help lead these meetings well. And I just put together, on these yellow sheets here, Ten top, tip, uh, ten top tips for praying together. So, uh, just very quickly, we'll have a look at those. Um, first one, close your eyes and focus on God. Praying isn't first and foremost speaking to other people here. So, for instance, if we stay in one group and we're, uh, and we're going to pray, when, if you decide to pray out loud, you're not speaking to the other people here, you're speaking to God in the presence of other people, but Lord should be our focus, Okay. So, uh, it would help if we just close our eyes and focus on God rather than look around at all the other people who are here. If you're thinking, oh dear, there's a, there's a, you know, there are people who have been to theological college here. They must be able to pray much better than me. Don't believe a word of it, okay? Don't, don't look around and think, you know, Matt's been off at, uh, you know, learning how to pray for uh, six months. And he did another six months and so on. So, he must be better than me. That, well, that's a, he's shaking his head. I, I, you know, I, and I'm, 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 no, I'm no good at praying. I'm no better than anyone else, okay? We're all learning together, all right? So, don't worry about the people you're with. Focus on God. Number two, you could write out a short prayer before you come. If you don't know what to say, just write out something, a couple of lines, and uh, just have it in your Bible or something. Number three, I've already mentioned it, just keep it short, and don't worry about what to say at the end, just say Amen. When you've, when you've, you know, when you've finished, say Amen. We don't have to have all the, the flowery uh, stuff at the end, uh, that's fine. And actually those things are really good. So when you say, in Jesus' name, then those things are really helpful for uh, explaining why we would be able to pray. So they're not, they're not bad at all, but you don't have to worry about that. It doesn't matter. We don't need to do it. Uh, so keep it short. Um, maybe drop the amens and go conversational. So if, for instance, you're playing at, praying in a small group, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little thing called conversational praying where you don't say amen, you pray for one particular subject, and then you pray lots of little short prayers about one particular thing. So, for instance, praying about the stuff in Westminster today, uh, yeah, you might have a group of, say, half a dozen of you. Some would say, uh, Lord, we pray for a family of that, that uh, lady who was killed. Pray that you'll be close to them now. 
And then someone else would say, yeah, and we pray for those, uh, the ambulance people went up to care for them. Please be close to them. And then someone else would say, yeah, and there's a meeting that Theresa May is chairing. Isn't that? Please help give them wisdom to know what to do. And someone else would say, yeah, and we, we know that House of Commons was locked down, so we pray for our MPs and those who are, who, who are, who are a bit worried and their families and so on. So, so one thing rolls in one after the other, and you just have lots of little prayers together. Um, that might help. Um, pray you pray. Pray that we would pray. Uh, We don't have to pray out loud, do we, when we meet together? Um, But uh, a lot of Christians like to do that. But pray you would pray. I think it's difficult, isn't it, when you go to somewhere where we're going to be praying, but you don't actually uh, pray either quietly, agreeing with what's being said, and saying a big amen at the end, and you don't pray out loud. And you haven't prayed at all. Because, uh, uh, so pray that you pray and focus on the Lord. Um, listen to others. It's always good to listen to other people. So, so the idea is, when we're meeting in a group like this, when you're praying, well, when you're not praying, someone else is praying, you listen hard to what they're saying. And you're, and you're mentally, you're going, mm, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Or, or, you know, you might start saying that out loud, quietly, or whatever. But you're listening to what they're saying. And when they say amen, you say a big loud amen, and the amen is the sign that we finish. And the amen is to say, yes, I've finished, and do you agree with me? And then everyone else says, amen, yes, I do agree, okay? So we're concentrating, we're thinking about what they're praying, and we're praying along with them. So they're leading us and helping us to pray. So listen to the others. Uh, number seven... Remember God loves you just the way you are. I think that's really important. Okay? That's really important. So, for instance, on my phone, I'll show you later on if you like, we have a, a little WhatsApp. We have a family WhatsApp group, okay? And, uh, and Isabel, our granddaughter, has uh, started speaking. And she even puts two or three words together, which is remarkable, we think. Anyway, and, um, uh, uh, but she's not great at stringing whole sentences together yet. And do we mind? Do we mind at all? Are we bothered about that? Absolutely not. It's fantastic to get the odd words coming out, okay? Like twinkle, twinkle, little, and then she'll finish it, star, and so on, okay? To get that odd word coming out is absolutely brilliant. It, it, it thrills and warms our hearts. Now, when you're learning to pray, and when you're praying out loud, do you think that uh, actually that is a good picture of God and you? Because I think that's a great picture. Because when we're just learning to speak... Actually, that's like us just learning to pray. And God will not worry one iota that you don't quite get the words right, that you haven't quite got the theology right. But I'm sure you would have, because of course we're at Bishop. But anyway, it doesn't matter, okay? Right words, wrong words, it's okay, you know? Not quite knowing what to do, forgetting what you were saying, going round in circles, it doesn't matter. We're just simply speaking to our Heavenly Father, and He loves you just the way you are. He really does love you just the way you are. Number eight, just remember the devil lies. So, so he would be saying, for instance, oh, you know, on your own, don't have to pray this morning. Or he would be saying, for instance, uh, oh yeah, there's small groups together on, uh, uh, on Wednesday night, but uh, your friends have invited you out to the cinema, so that's going to be much better, isn't it? They're going to be a lot more fun than going off to a cold church hall or a warm church centre or a lovely revamped church hall when this is done. No, just remember the lies. Remember he doesn't speak the truth and he's trying to stop us from praying. Number nine, just ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? If you go to a church, you know, prayer meeting, small groups together, what is the worst thing that could happen? 
There's very little bad that could happen, okay? Might feel a bit awkward over there. It's not that bad, okay? It's a good thing. We're with friends. We're encouraging each other. And number ten is this. You will encourage others by being there and by praying. Absolutely. I just reminded Stephen was uh, 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 just uh, telling us um, earlier on about, um, or earlier on this week, about, or something like that, was it? About, um, I think it was about one of you KO guys who had been praying out loud, out loud uh, in, a, in a meeting. And uh, there was someone else, actually, who had just the other week, as someone had, uh, had saying, oh, so X, Y, Z had been, praying, uh, had been praying in a meeting. And, uh, uh, you know, just by being here, and just by doing, uh, if you pray that loud, just think how encouraging that is for other people, and uh, how encouraging it is for us to see different people here, meeting here tonight, and uh, however many it was, 25, 30 or something it was at lunchtime, who met together then to learn and also to pray together. Uh, I hope that encourages us to pray because uh, you can be a huge encouragement to other people just by being around and just by uh, wanting to pray and by saying a big amen at the end uh, and whatever it would be. Okay? It really doesn't matter very much at all about the grammar, uh, the, uh, the words you use and things like that. Uh, God loves to hear us pray. And actually, so do your Christian brothers and sisters. Together, prayer. Those uh, three things... Uh, that we've, uh, oh look, there's Billy Graham, there we are, um, it, enc- it empowers our ongoing bold proclamation, so uh, here we are, together prayer, it expresses humble dependence on God, it requires deliberate effort, and it empowers ongoing bold proclamation. Let's pray together now. Father, thank you so much for uh, the opportunities that we have to pray together, whether it's uh, one-to-one, maybe just uh, praying with someone uh, after church on a Sunday night or a Sunday morning with one of the prayer ministry team. Uh, Father, thank you for the opportunities to pray in small groups, in KO, in uh, uh, small groups together time, small groups and all the rest of it, Father. Thank you. There are loads of opportunities for us to pray. Pray, Lord, that uh, through this Lent course we would be learning more about what it means uh, to pray. And we ask, Father, please, that you would, uh, you would help us to, to express this humble dependence on you as we meet together, as your people. Uh, we pray, Father, that um, we would learn to continue this deliberate effort as we know it's, it's not it's not just easy, but we have to make that conscious decision to, to come and pray. And we pray, Lord, that we may continue to do that. And, uh, Lord, thank you. That seems to be that link between uh, a bold proclamation of your word and, on the other hand, uh, the praying, the corporate prayer together. And we pray, Lord, that as your people here, uh, that we would do both and that one would encourage the other and that we would see and, and, and hear and find out more about this uh, um, uh, great encouragements that there are uh, when your people pray together and when we hear news and pray for the proclamation of your word. Lord, thank you so much that we can meet together tonight and uh, we have a little while to uh, be praying together. We pray, Lord, you'd help us as we pray now for Jesus' sake. Amen.